What's up, locals? It's Mike and Kenzie coming to you live from the 775. We have a very special episode of the podcast. We invite our first guest and founder of Crow's Nest Ranch, Jordan Brand. So buckle up, bitches. You know about Mike etiquette? No. Okay, so just keep it like dick almost in mouth. Like? Yes. Perfect. Now we all know that if I did ever go to prison, I'd be a good sport. You'd yeah. be nice and safe. <laughs> yeah. We and just want it like a, sorry. It's all right. A little bit closer. At least I understand as a man is stroke the shaft, yeah. stay away from the balls, you know? Right. Tickle the balls if right. you need to. But just a gentle. <laughs> So I'm glad, I'm glad this is recorded. Oh yeah, this is the important <laughs> stuff. This is what the people need. A lot of a lot of people places are probably like, I knew it. Yeah, that's why they've been tuning in this entire time is right. just to hear me talk about tuning in right balls. now as we yeah. record, not live. Totally, fully. That's oh why they tune gosh. in. Oh my gosh. So we're so gonna do things a little different. Um, we have our first guest. We're joined by one of our favorite locals, Jordan Brandt. Jordan, did I say your last name right? Yeah, I yeah. fucking hope so. Yeah, yeah, no, you did. It's funny. I some people call me Brandon because they mix Jordan and Brant together. Some people call me Gordon, which is how I got my nickname Gordbone, which is a whole story in and of itself. Oh gosh. Okay. But speaking of addiction, like that was my alter ego. So Gordbone, Gordon? Is the alter Gord ego. Gordbone, which then just turned into Bone Boniferous. If you're into the long form of things. Oh um, my god. Bone, bone Stallone. Bone Stallone. Yeah, I, I mean, I was a I was an animal, so people had names for me. Oh wow, that's, fun. Yeah. that's amazing! Uh, so besides <laughs> being an animal, you've got a lot of titles: photographer, skateboarder, jujitsu practitioner, Muay Thai badass, co-founder of. Well, mainly founder of, but okay. I, I include. Be I'm just kidding. She's she, <laughs> dude, she's my rock. Like if I didn't have her help, like managing the house as hard as she did, then I probably wouldn't be able to manage all this on my own. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, she's co-founder for sure. Um, plus, she's going to have to do all the bookkeeping, which I'm not good at. <laughs> <laughs> well, she can cook the books. You'll be good there. Right, yeah. Cook them real good, babe. So <laughs> We're not for profit. We'll scale right into the radar. And you fly right up. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, so, what motivated you to open Crow's Nest? Um, so, I ended up back in rehab. I pretty much drank myself into a hospital bed on accident. Um and what's up maverick <laughs> maverick dog everybody um and all right so my mom died my dog died and a friend died all within 90 days of each other and prior, holy shit prior to that uh i was i was battling with it back and forth and i thought i was being like this is an age-old tale where you know only a couple beers and then i'd slip for like a night and i'd have like 20 beers and then quit for a week and then start and then it would just be kind of like the little kind of just mini waterfalls and then mm-hmm. i just didn't watch my shit started drinking a lot thought i was just drinking just to have fun man i mean it's the age-old tale where i just slipped right back into it and it was like a 45 degree angle to a straight waterfall like dive deep kind of deal really um didn't slip back into drugs though so i'm proud of that uh stuck stuck with the booze real hard but um it was about let's see mom died it was in march so april may june and then i ended up in rehab in july 
And where'd you go for rehab? Uh, I went to Elevate Addiction Services. They have a they have their main place down in Watsonville, outside of Santa Cruz. So I went down there, did my blackout dates, blackout and rehab, baby. <laughs> um, and then I was transferred over to South Lake because uh, then B could just pick Brianna, my girlfriend, could just pick me up from there and just go straight home, um, which I was way more keen on than having to get back on a flight and fly. I don't know. It just sounded better that way. Um, so yeah, I got transferred there and then it was there and, um, it was literally a shower thought. And I used to have like this notebook when I was younger called shower thoughts where I'd have a shower thought and I'd write it down kind of a thing. But Mm -hmm. this was a full blown shower thought that I wrote down in a notebook. And then, you know, I decided then and there, I was like, well, I kind of want to like help other people. And I've got a pretty funny and like stereotypical addict past you know and so I just kind of like decided when I got out of rehab that that was the path I wanted to go was helping people um specifically young men man like that's where I turned really I went from just partying to full-blown psychopathic addict like you know in those formative 18 to 25 year old years and so I I, it's going to be 18 to 35 year old Mm -hmm. um just to kind of give it like that whole thing. Cause I'm 33 and I found sobriety full staunch, like no more effing up kind of sobriety at, you know, 31, 32 at this point. But it's been a battle since I was shit 28. Is that when you started like actually looking at sobriety as an option at 28? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had gotten my third DUI. Um, the writing was on the wall. I'd been let go of a job that I had slaved myself into and they kind of abused me, but like, I definitely abuse them as well. Like, Bro, this one time I was in a meeting, like in a meeting at like 9 a.m. on a Monday, and I was so hungover that I like hit up my boy, and I was like, "I need you to deliver me some blow right now." Mm-hmm. And like, he met me outside mid meeting, and I had to go to the bathroom. Went outside, got tuned up, came back in, and had a great meeting. Just coasted right through. Yeah, dude, it was amazing. I was on point. Probably looked like Charlie in the in uh, it's always sunny. Wow. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, got all the strength. Right, yeah. Making everything <laughs> I probably work. looked like that to everybody else, but in my head I was smooth sailing, who knows? I mean, they didn't let me go that day. It was a few few months after that, but you know, and then I was just like living out of an office space and then I was living out of like kind of like a as we called it the trap. Mm-hmm. Um I was also dealing drugs at that point cuz I was making enough money with doing marketing. I don't know. And it was just, it was just like yo writings on the wall. So started hammering at it almost ended up in prison back then too over some some bs on the street just kind of a drunken bar fight really that turned into a much bigger deal i'm not proud of that you know it ended up being rather shitty of a situation and that's when i was just like all right time to time to hit it and so i started there um i saw a lot of different styles of paths everything from AA and 90 and 90 and did all that. But the problem was once I hit 90 and 90, I was like, I'm good. And then mm-hmm. I started drinking again. <laughs> I would say that's normal. Wait, what is 90, 90, 90, 90 meetings in 90 days. Um, it's your first 90 days of sobriety. If you just keep going to meetings, keep coming back. Yeah, just keep showing up. <laughs> uh, so is that just like a folk, like a proven philosophy that if you do 90, 90, that you'll stop? No, that's not true, dude. Uh, I mean, come on. I, I, there was a bar in Portland. It will not. It will go unnamed. Uh, you could show up with your sobriety chip, and they'd hook you up. No. So I'd lie about sobriety That's chips brutal. after a while, and yeah, I would yeah. just take them there, and I would get free drinks because I would be lying to sobriety people, and then I'd be lying to the bar, and I'd be like, hey, "No I'm way." Take it for free, I don't care. Yeah. 
Damn. So, yeah, you know, like, I mean, it's attic brain, right? Like, mm-hmm. Just constantly seeking, constantly looking. Whatever gets me ahead, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Right? So, and, oh, go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to know, so what year was this? Like, when did this all? 2018, 2019. Okay. Um, so right before the pandemic. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the pandemic hit, and I was really slugging away at getting sober, and then it was just like, the guys down the street from me who owned the store just like did not close. Mm-hmm. And those were my boys. Cause they always had toilet paper and Kleenex and beer. And so I would just be like, well, I'm not really falling back into it. Cause I'm just having a six pack a day. And then if I don't drink, I don't drink, but dude, it ended up water falling again. Yeah. Know? And then, you know, up to how we met where I ended up in a gym again was like, we moved, we moved to, Eugene. I moved out of Portland to get away from there moved to Eugene uh, to get into just less of an accessible environment, really, because, I mean, I knew everybody in Portland at that point. If I wanted to get a hold of somebody, I'd pretty much just, like, put my hand out the window and somebody would be like, what you need? Yeah, you could phone a friend and yeah. it's there. Yeah, so it was pretty ridiculous there. Nothing against anybody, though. Like, yeah. they were all good people. It's just, you know, everybody makes their own way their own way, right? Um, and, you know, I I sold drugs a lot. You know, I've, I've done the, the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, then I end up in Eugene, and then Brianna's like, you need to start going to meetings, and you need to look, seek therapy. And I was like, I'm going to take up Muay Thai fighting instead. <laughs> that and is she, therapy. She was just like, what? And I was like, I just remember when I was a kid, and I used to, like, fight Muay Thai all the time, and I was always happy, and it was because I had gotten all my aggression out because I had gone in the gym, and I would smashed it out with somebody else, and I would gotten that, like, inner just burn in me to, like, really relax. Yeah, you let the demons out a little bit, and you can actually breathe. Right. Then it became the reality that I was, like, the legend of the drunken master because everybody knows if you have a couple, you don't feel as much punches. Mm. <laughs> That's just classic Muay Thai. So, so yeah. how'd you wind up at Charles Gracie Truckee? So I was let go of a job. Um for whatever reason, they didn't tell me. They just said it wasn't working out. My theory is is that I refused to provide any kind of medical record of what was going on back then. And mm-hmm. that'll all go at aforementioned and or not named. So that way, none of this gets flagged. Mm. Um, we all know what we're talking about. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So I was let go of that. And I looked at B. I had a kid, brand new newborn, a bills, and a family to support. And I looked at B. And I said, you know what, man? You decide. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to move? And she's like, I've always wanted to live in Truckee. That's such a random spot to choose just because I always thought of it as a gas station. Like right. growing up, Truckee was just a stop on the way to Reno. It was never never got into snowboarding until I moved there. And so she just always wanted to live in Truckee for that reason? Um, no, she had camped in Tahoe a little bit. She's got a really funny story, too. You want to talk about some of the funny story, like – at 17, moved out and started working on pot farms in Humboldt and, like, would come camp over here and worked, you know, in the cannabis industry legally and illegally for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, when we met, she was vegan with dreads. Now she eats meat, and she's a stay-at-home mom without any dreads. That's crazy. Right? What the hell do what you a, do? <laughs> what a 180. <laughs> I don't know. Now you're the one with dreads. Yeah, now I'm the one with <laughs> now, I'm, the, I'm the one going for that Rob Zombie look, you know? Look. I dig it. Yeah, anyway. Um, but, you know, uh, she said that, and she's like, what do you think? And I was like, I've always thought Truckee was rad, too. I'd visited there a couple times. Um, Mountain Towns. You know, I, it, it always reminded me of this place in Oregon that I really loved, but it's just not quite as popped off because it, there's not really a Lake Tahoe near there. It's just mm-hmm. big right. forest in the Mount Hood Forest area. But... I was like, screw it. Looked it up, found the job at Elements, 
applied, told them, you hire me, I'll move down there. They hired me, I moved down. That's and rad. what sold me was when I came down to visit, dude, like I'm from, I've lived in some of the largest bike capital theft cities in the world. And I like to ride my bike and I walk by this truck, bicycle in the back, not lock nothing. And I'm like, start looking around. I like, look at oh, my, shit. at my boss, uh, my future boss at the time. Um, now he's retired, but was my boss for a while. Uh, I was like, that bike's not locked up. Should we tell somebody? He's like, we don't like our box up locked. Mm-hmm. we do not lock our bikes up here and i was like get at it what <laughs> excuse me wait this isn't trucky yeah, yeah i called b and i was like start packing your bags we're that's moving to trucky like it was over that yeah i was just like you don't even have to lock a bike here like we didn't even lock our front door yeah no i don't know yeah. we would go on vacation for five days not lock our front door if you're a junkie and you need some money <laughs> <laughs> that's okay so how did you find the jujitsu gym? Like, what drew you to that? Was it oh, because yeah. you were looking for Muay Thai? So that was a long-winded answer to get there, yeah. Um, yeah, so it was because I was looking for a gym that did Muay Thai. And I Googled Muay Thai trucky, and I was like, this is probably a long shot. I'm probably just going to have to be stuck to my house dojo. Fortunately enough, met Adam. Adam was a pro MMA fighter, trained a lot in Muay Thai. You know, we came in and sparred, banged it out, and I was like, all right, I can do this. And so I just started going there, and then you motherfuckers kept trying to get me to s- smell your armpits, and I was like, how about no? How about you try and smell my shin? And eventually, Igor, of all people, gave me a gi, and I was like, well, now I have to, because you gave me this thing, and that's nice, and I feel bad. And Now you're part of Jammy Cult. Now, now, I'm, now I'm very much more dedicated to jiu-jitsu than I'm Muay Thai because I'm not, I'm not allowed to fight Muay Thai anymore because I'm not allowed to have head injuries. If you combine the amount of head injuries I've had from being an amateur skateboarder to being just an all-around idiot, <laughs> a lot. Pretty significant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been an adrenaline junkie since the day I had, like, hit the ground running. So, you know, I've had a lot of head injuries, and Brianna's just like, I don't want a vegetable for a dad to Ozzy. Um, I was like... Totally. But I'm allowed to compete in jujitsu because what's the worst that happens? They rip my arm off. I'll say you might get slammed, but that's only for like ADCC rules. So we've been doing neon belly all this last farts. My, my upper ribs are just really loving life right now. <laughs> that, yeah, don't don't imagine. get a cough. It's fucking yeah, brutal. It's it's amazing. I sneeze in the morning. I'm like, please do this. And how's the new gym, by the way? Because you guys moved over from the original spot. Now it's way bigger. Yeah, elevated is the shit. It looks um, so cool. It's awesome. Um, we've been doing some photos in there and some video stuff. Obviously, I posted that corny ass whippet thing because I, I had a, so like a year ago, I drank myself into a hospital and B had not left me longer than like a day at a time. And then this year, I'd built up enough trust where her and Ozzy took off. And instead of going out and drinking, I literally just like twenty four seven gym skateboarding swimming anything you know like yeah. just to redirect that energy yeah just really hammering at it she's like what are you gonna do while I'm gone and I was like I'm gonna do everything I want to do every single day all the time that's <laughs> a wise way to do it because that way at least you're having fun yeah and like I don't know I feel like when you're dealing with temptation is that mainly what you have to deal with and channel that energy into something else you know it's weird dude like. I've been fighting this battle for so long that I've tricked myself in so many ways that now I'm like, hey, nice try, bitch. So you have mm. a pretty good discipline yeah. internally that you can actually like distinguish those two from Bone and Jordan. Yeah, for sure. Bone <laughs> and Jordan. Yeah, I mean, 
I've been, I mean, somebody who has as long of a history as I do has just been stringing other people along and lying to them that I've been trying to get sober the whole time, right? Mm -hmm. And I've lied every goddamn lie you can you can come up with, and I've made up story upon story. Probably why I'm so good at making up bullshit stories when somebody <laughs> asks me something I don't know, and I'm like, oh, it's because the aliens vomited on you, right? So like <laughs> sitting there going gullible, just yeah, that yeah, sounds legit. Yeah, like. Anyway, but it's just like, it's one of those things where, you know, it's just like, I got out of there and it was like, I make it or I lose my family and I don't want to lose my family. I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. I had friends with that guy. My dad was not that guy. I was like, "Mm, fuck that. I'm not going to be that guy. I don't want to be like some deadbeat on a beach somewhere hammered who can't even stand up straight. So that's going to be like half of the trucky locals. So. (laughs) Oh, come on, man. I'm just, I'm just shit talking. Half the trucky locals are from the Bay Area. Get out of there. Now they are. (laughs) That shit's a little annoying. I mean, we need the tourism dollars, so I get it. But yeah. the culture shift from when we got there, because we got there July 2020. Oh, and okay. So a year before me. Yeah. Literally looking around and just the social scene was fucking cool people and people wearing masks that were terrified of everyone. Right. And it was a Masks weird... for no reason. There, yeah. was, there, was a, there was a chemical leak in the air. That's what it seemed like. I don't know. From from some country had, that won't had, be named. It had nothing to do with what you think we're talking about. Yeah. Some, don't flag us, Zuckerberg. Right. <laughs> um, no, I just think that like the people who came from the Bay and brought this weird culture dynamic where you're wearing masks outside in yeah. the sunshine on a trail. Right. And they keep their dogs on leashes. They're very... Very like uptight. It's weird. Like, Yo, I, I had somebody yell at me, put your dog on a leash and I keep him on a, a pager. Yeah, pager. Yeah, a little like shot collar. Yeah, that's like, what we have for him. Like he is on a leash. She's like, No, he's not. And I looked I looked at her and I went, Angus come. And he just went, Dite! it came right yeah. to me. It's like <laughs> Look at what you made hey. me do. She's like, My kids are afraid of dogs. And I just looked at her and I, I was not being very mindful. I was like, Well, that sounds like your problem, not mine. And I kept walking. That's but I get it what you're saying. Um, yeah, I mean, I used to not leash my dog in Portland. I had a, like a 90, 85-pound wolf dog, like Siberian Husky wolf dog for 10 years. Dog that died. Um, <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> yeah, R.I.P. Fabio. Yeah. Um, yes, his name was Fabio. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So in Portland, like now that you've been in Truckee for, what, a year and a half, two, two years yeah. now? Yeah. What is the culture difference for you? Oh, buddy, a lot. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's Portland went from being kind of this funky, hunky. Do- I mean, everything. Pro- okay, so I hate it when people are like, it's not what it used to be. It's like, no shit. Yeah. I mean, nothing's what it used to be. Yeah. Everything ages and progresses and evolves. Now, now I'm going to sound like a 75 year old grandpa. It's not what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's different and it's all right that it's changed and that it's done what it's done. It just, I evolved past what Portland has become personally. So I moved away from there and I grew up in the woods. Like I grew up in the middle of nowhere, Oregon. I just say I'm from Portland slash Eugene because that's on the map and Crow no one else knows not. where it is. Yeah. Well, that's why when people say they're from Truckee, they say like Tahoe, Yeah, you know, or when they're from some part in the Bay area, they say San Francisco. See, now I'm that asshole who's like, yeah, I'm from somewhere you don't know about. So I'm like Truckee and they're like, where's that? And I'm like, Northern California. Right. I don't even specify Tahoe. I'm like, sorry, dude. Figure it out. Up north. Yeah. Somewhere around those parts. And when, when people are like, oh, where are you from in Oregon? I'll sometimes just be like, Crow. And they're like, what? Yeah, like, I feel like, so where I grew up, it's a small white suburbia east of Granite. I'm sorry, east of Sac. It's called right. Granite Bay. 
Yeah. And fucking nobody's heard of it. And so I always say Sac. Yeah. Just because it's a little no-name town. Nobody cares. I've heard of Granite Bay. Yeah. yeah. Well, Actually, I feel like a lot of people have heard of Granite Bay. Not a lot of my people. I feel people. like where you're from in Lincoln, no one really Lincoln knows about. sucks. Lincoln can burn. <laughs> you ever been to Lincoln? Not Nebraska either. Can't say I have. Stay out of it. There's a there's it's a link. Right, it's there's right a, next to Granite Bay. But Lincoln you've heard of High Granite School Bay. In Portland. Well, that's probably better than Lincoln, California. I, Old I cow actually, town. It might be gone. I don't know. Like Portland's changed so much that even like high schools are gone. Really? I'm used to like seeing around. Yeah. That's kind of creepy. Yeah. And like, you know, I'm you know that Hank Williams, Hank Williams Jr., all my rowdy friends have settled down? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, that's like Portland to me now. It's like all my rowdy friends are all like dads, kids, or just shit together, or they like can actually control themselves and not like drink themselves into a, a fucking jail cell like I would, mm-hmm. you know, or a hospital bed for that matter. Um, but yeah, I don't know. And I just, I wanted to go live outside again. Um, mm. I want my daughter to live somewhere rad. Uh, and I don't know this place. I mean, dude, Truckee, like I've been thinking about this a lot lately is like, if I didn't have Truckee, I probably wouldn't have gotten sober. Cause I would have just teetered on that. Like just that like unre- irresponsible, responsible edge of high functional, high functionally dysfunctional, mm-hmm. you know, and Eugene. Um, but here it's just like, there's so much to do outside that I'm like, all right, let's rip. Well, that's the beauty of Truckee and Tahoe in general is that I think there's an actually a surprisingly large sober community mm-hmm. that's all, you know, adrenaline junkies, ex-pros of fill-in-the-blank whatever sport, right. and they're all going there, and they're like, I need something else to replace the itch. Yeah. And they, a lot of it's just going hard as fuck in a completely different, like, social avenue, sport avenue, just there, working hard. There's a lot of that. There's also a lot of need for uh, more sober support, and more than just the AA 12-step, mm-hmm. and nothing against them, man, like... Wherever you start, you start. However you do it, you do it. I used to have a chip on my shoulder about AA, and then one day I got a little hungry and ate it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I, it's also because, like, you know, we go back to, like, oh, if you just go to the meetings, do you do you just get sober? It's like, well, no, because if you spend 90 days just thinking about booze, what are you going to do on day 91? Yeah, exactly. Booze. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I did. So uh, I got a question about that then. Um, what are your thoughts on AA and NA? and just a 12-step program in general? I think at the very base level of their principles, I think they're good. Um, I think you got a lot of blind leading the blind, a lot of people with a lot of sober time telling other people how to do it the way they did it, Mm -hmm. and not a lot of people having much experience as a counselor or as an actual trained person who should be helping you find your way. Mm -hmm. And that's nothing against anybody. Everybody does it now, and we see it very heavily even online. The amount of life coach influencer people that exist online is dizzying. And as you've seen in many of my posts that, you know, follow me on my Payless Shoe Source account for more, you know, more more of these videos (laughs) Mm -hmm. kind of a thing. It's just like, you know, I have nothing against it. Uh, They're fighting the good fight, right? And at the end of the day, man, they're at least doing something. Um, you know, and I support that. I don't know if I support certain mindsets or kookiness within it, but mm-hmm. there's that in everything. So, you know, one, one, one kook doesn't really outweigh another kook, right? A little bit, but I'm, I get caught up on the surrendering to a higher power and admitting that you aren't in control. I feel like that 
eliminates accountability from the jump and that's where it gets a little weird for me yeah there's there's also been like a lot of push recently to like you know higher power that's not just a traditional god like i had an older guy in one an aa meeting that i go to uh, very regularly actually um i go there to practice my listening skills i'm not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> when i talk i'm i say something that usually makes people laugh and then i move on but um you know i you, there's also nuggets like this guy and he was like my god was the great outdoors i was like i'm stealing that line that's pretty sick mm. i like that yeah so and he's older older mm. older um so is i think there's the the premonition of people looking on the outside in like oh it's god but even bill w said in an interview this is quotable you can google it and find it very quickly especially in alcoholics agnostica that um he, they said, well, what's a good alternative to the AA module? And he said, the Buddhist Eightfold Path and the Four Noble Truths, which is kind of what I follow through the refuge recovery thing and the Buddhist thing. I would say I'm more Buddhist than Buddhist because I don't fly many flags as far as like how I follow things because I'm, I'm kind of like the guy at the buffet, like a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. You know? Taking what works for you. Right. And that's kind of how it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got chided at one meeting because – I made an announcement that wasn't AA twelve step related, and I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry." <laughs> you made yeah, but you made an announcement. Yeah, I made an announcement about my meditation group, and the person was came up to me. She was re- really nice about it. And I was like, "Oh, my bad, man. Like, I haven't been to an AA meeting in a while. You know, last time I did it was to get a sober chip and go to the bar." Yeah, <laughs> you know. Sorry for plugging something that might help other people. No, you know, to her point, you know, there are rules and there's guidelines, and people need that stuff, but. Whatever. I'm I may or may not have like not thought about it too well either. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and again, back to the whole thing, it's like if you don't put in the spiritual and mental and emotional work, you're not gonna get sober either. Like mm-hmm. you're not gonna like understand why it is you need to feel so fucked up. You'll never answer that question for you'll yourself. You'll never answer that question, right? If you're not gonna get dig deeper than the, what is it surface level, the the liquor and the booze, and to bring back your point of you're not in control, it's like yeah, well, you're kind of not in control at a certain point, mm-hmm. right? Because if you drink too much, you're not in control. If I drink too much, Jordan's gone, Bones in the in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just the way it is. I also do, I don't subscribe to the reality that it's a disease model. Mm-hmm. I, um, I know why it's called a disease model because when you are a nerd like me, you have to just know everything. Um, right. <laughs> but it was it was developed as a disease model to take it out of the stigma of just pray it away, pray it away. And so people could start getting real medical help for it. But that idea hasn't evolved since the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Mm. Everything else in society has, <laughs> right? Um, but it's okay because it still helps people get help, especially people who need medical help. But I view it as a habit. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Like if you... I'm very much in tune with kind of rewiring, uh, trade trade one thing for another. Um, not specifically that anymore. I'm more or less seeking a lot more self-discipline in other ways, and it's kind of in the Buddhist path. It's called the middle road. Yep. So, like, not too high and not too low. And being somebody who is like this all the time on the airplane, just like, whoa, turbulence. Yeah. It's just like... <laughs> Trying to fly straight and narrow is pretty interesting, and it's kind of become my new addiction. Like, Haha, I don't need that. Like, right, yeah. It's kind of nice. Well, it gives you a new new bound on self-control. Yeah. Because you get to tell yourself no versus somebody else doing that for you. Yeah, and it's weird. I get a little high off of it. Like, I feel this weird adrenaline rush in my head. I'm like, ooh, I like that. <laughs> totally. I'm in control, bitch. Yeah. I just told myself no. <laughs> I just told myself <laughs> 
I might go to the bathroom and treat myself. <laughs> so with the ranch that you're building out and bringing to life in 2024, yep. uh, you opted for, you said young men, men in general. Yeah. Why is that? Well, I'm a guy. Mm-hmm. I'm a young guy. Uh, well, <laughs> you're still young. Don't depends worry. Depends on who you ask. Um, you're a young guy. If you can count the wrinkles on my forehead, you wouldn't think so. But cocaine, baby. Um, <laughs> a lot of this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I just decided to go with men because specifically I was informed while doing research. And it's probably one of the first projects I got out and did hardcore research, reached out to people rather than just like, I'm fucking doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there is very much that attitude to it, but you know, I'm also like, I got to talk to people. I got to make relationships, et cetera, et cetera. And I spoke with Placer County and I spoke with Nevada County and the biggest gap in any person that needs this help is men 18 to 25 Mm -hmm. so i went to 35 because i'm like well i mean guys 18 to 35 are still pretty vibrant and vigor you know Mm -hmm. um so sorry i don't mean to interrupt but why not i mean why not a little bit past that too because i feel like even men 36 37 like into their 40s or does it it's not a hard rule oh it's not okay okay i didn't (laughs) know there was like a hard cutoff no it's like okay you know but also, I don't know that it would appeal to us. It's not going to appeal to a certain kind of person either. Like, this is, you come here, this is like the adrenaline junkie sober house, right? Like, mm-hmm. we serve, we don't surf. Well, you can surf on Tahoe, I found out. Yeah. Why not? Right? Lack um, of waves or actual. You, no, you can, you can, he said. Like, on, no, on like heavy, can. windy winter days, you can surf on Tahoe. I've seen videos I've, of I've it. I've watched it happen. That and sounds there's, fucking there's awful. There's a video on Crow's Nest Ranch. Uh, Instagram shouts out um, <laughs> that actually actually has like guys surfing. You know, it was at Sand Harbor. I was there because I used to help manage um, social media for cleaning up the lake. One of my favorite not for profits in the area who actually does action and doesn't just postings talking about doesn't stuff. Just pocket like they dive money. they dive in to the water and they physically pick up trash. Thank you. Yeah. You know? yeah it's like they make it beautiful. I, I'm a big fan of theirs. Uh, and, you know, it's funny that I had to leave them because I was having a hard time controlling my addiction, controlling my household, controlling my job. And I had to just tell them, like, I'm having a hard time juggling this job, too. Mm-hmm. And I didn't tell them what was going on. But anyway, I was at Sand Harbor um, and I was shooting uh, Meet the Governor when Sisolak was governor of Nevada. And. <laughs> I got to meet a governor, and I was shaking his hand like, ooh, you meeting me is probably not your security's favorite. <laughs> um, and uh, Oh, Maverick. Maverick wants to say hi. He's trying to chime in. Right? This dog. He's like, you talk too much, man. <laughs> He's like, I want to say something. Um, so you got to meet Sisolak. Yeah, and then I was outside like looking through the camera, and – I look over and there's guys surfing at Sand Harbor and I was just like, get out of here. And so I went over there and started like filming it and whatnot. And I was just sent it to Brianna. I was like, Oh, we don't have to drive to the coast all the time. Yeah, literally. But anyway, <laughs> back to what I was saying is like, you know, it's, this is going to be a very Utah, Utah. It's going to be a very Utah based California sober living society guys. <laughs> uh, this is going to be a very, um, Lake Tahoe, style sober living but we're also going to include the ability to practice martial arts get involved at either like very first baby steps or if you're a practitioner and you're looking for a place then we're your place right Mm -hmm. that doesn't exist anywhere i looked it up um i was like well why doesn't that exist there's a place in thailand 
So Thailand and Tahoe, Tahoe and Thailand. So you get to actually blaze that trail and be the first one stateside. Yeah. I, I don't know if blaze the trail is the right word because a lot of people have done what I do. Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm kind of just claiming that I started this sober living that way, but I'm not exactly, dude, I'm not original in this thought process whatsoever. Just the guys in our gym and like how many people I've come to know are in recovery and me just being outspoken, like I'm a recovered junkie. And them like pulling me aside, like, Oh yeah, me, me too. And I'm like, Oh sweet. You know, that's really interesting. Yeah. Like you're very public about it, but then other people are still kind of dealing with that. Have women who are also dealing with recovery and addiction, have they come up to you and asked like, can I be part of this? And like, what, how does, what do you say? They've asked me if it's only for men. And I told them yes, for the time being. Yeah. Um, it's okay. So there's, there's people who are like, well, why not have it, um, co-ed? And I'm like, I've literally talked to multiple owners of sober living houses. Once you get sober, things start to work in your body that weren't working before. Mm. And then you are dealing with all other kinds of uh, drive and mm. need mm-hmm. uh, that um, probably shouldn't be minced while you're in a house. And so to avoid liabilities, any kind of headache that I just wouldn't want to deal with. Yeah. I'm just not intermixing. And okay, like in this day and age, everything's gray, right? Well, I'm sorry. That's cool until somebody gets fucked that doesn't want to or vice versa or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then in that case, I have liability and issue on my hands and I'm dealing with a PR nightmare. Mm. So, sorry, but (laughs) it's going to be separate. Yeah. The next thing, there is a goal to open this one, open a one for women. Open to one for LGBTQIA plus. If I missed anything, I apologize. <laughs> totally. Oh, so that is the goal. So the I goal think like is, that's is where to I'm. Offer more. Yeah. And you know, if also I've had people be like, well, what if somebody else opens up? It's like, what if somebody else does open up? Helping twelve Great. people to twelve to thirty six people at a time ain't exactly solving the problem. When mm-hmm. California is ranked, I. In the top five for addiction, um, uh, the county that South Lake is in is the second most addicted county, right behind San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, How the hell do they measure that? You know, that's a good question. Yeah. Maybe they just walk around. Are you an addict? Are you an addict? <laughs> Start looking at everybody like, yeah, you're tweaking um, a little bit. I'm sure there's like ways to find things as far as like you know getting records whatnot without releasing names so that way it's HIPAA compliant I'm, I'm not sure I'm not that far into it I don't ever want to be yeah I want to be on like the ground level counseling dudes hanging out with them letting them know I know you feel fucked up and this is what like it's okay to feel fucked up but you know here's my suggestion for how you can try it out or if you have your own way you found it then do that um, you know, I know, I know from personal experience that there's a lot of other guys like me. There's definitely a lot of girls like me. There's a lot of L G B T Q I A, etc. Plus I'm not trying to be a smart ass. I'm just trying to get it right. Yeah. No, there's a lot of people <laughs> who are adrenaline junkies. You know, I do a, a fitness for recovery meeting every Tuesday and Thursday morning from seven to eight, actually at elevated. They allow me to do that. And so like kind of in trade, I coach for free. They let me do that for free. It, you know, it, it's, that's the other great thing about this gym is like, dude, like talk about a place that just fucking like down for all this positivity totally you know adam emily before adam and emily and i you know i still talk to them to this day in fact for some reason mark and kelly are texting me right now it might have to do with their social media for their kids program in sparks nice sparks bjj 
Oh, Hell yeah. Shout out to the kids. Yeah, shout out to the Sparks Kids BJJ. Kids Sparks BJJ. Whatever it is, look up Mark and Kelly. Hustle <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is. Um, but, you know, everybody's been fucking supportive of shit. And it's like, it's great, you know? You're yeah. doing an amazing thing. Taking like, on a very admirable mission. Yeah. And it's something that matters specifically to the group that you're targeting. Because specifically right now, so many kids are dying from fentanyl overdoses the number one killer for our age group right now and on top of that addiction plus the pandemic the stresses of life people have really shitty coping mechanisms and different coping behaviors mm. i think so. there's a lot of people too that don't even realize that they're addicted and don't want to like come to that conclusion so i feel like having something like this in the community where you where you are very public about it and you know people that are in it it's like maybe you start to think about oh maybe i am sober curious and maybe i should like think about this well, that's my issue. With the, my only issue with AA is the anonymous. How do you expect anybody else to know that you're going right. through it too unless you fucking say something? Mm-hmm. I don't think you look at me and doubt that potentially I'm either sober or drunk all the time. <laughs> you're just stoked on life at this point. Yeah. You're going like you know, 99 nobody, miles no, an hour. Nobody looks at me and doesn't assume that I haven't seen a sunrise or 10. Right. right? The birds <laughs> chirping in somebody's yeah. kitchen. I don't really give off that calm vibe. <laughs> <laughs> So take me through what Crow's Nest is going to actually bring when it comes to what the program's like. Day to day. Like, I kind of want to know, like, are you guys doing activities together? Like, are you guys finding each other? So I'm going to plug the retreat. Do yeah. it. Retreat plug. plug. Um, we're doing a retreat with Tom DeBloss, who has been gracious enough to um, allow me to fly him out here and hold him up and take time out of his life uh, with his family and his own trainings. And he trains champions and he's a national champions. Okay, sorry, Tom. I'm pumping you up too much. I want to talk about myself now. He's getting a bigger head as we speak. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. He's a big. He's a big time human. I mean, somebody who partners with somebody like Tom Hardy. I mean, he's Bane and Batman for fuck's sake. Big guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so he's coming out and he's gonna do uh, three day jujitsu uh, training twice a day with him. Um, and he's gonna be willing to talk to people and kind of guide them through it. A uh, five-day, four-night retreat. I rented an Airbnb, um, got Tom the Boss out there, got some people donating, like, a day on a boat. Uh, oh, stuff, cool. Stuff like that. Yeah. So we're going to do Tahoe style. You're, you're essentially going to get five days and four nights of what it's going to be like to live in a sober living, Crow's Nest Ranch style sober living. Oh, Crow's, hell yeah. So Crow's Nest Ranch is very much, it's going to be mod, body, mind, spirit, soul, everything. Like, it's the whole package. So, you know. You're, you, every person that comes in is going to be allowed to create their own kind of success journey. And it's like, well, what do you want to do? It's like, well, I don't know if I'm into the martial arts, but it'll be there. And as mm. I found out, if it's around, you might end up smelling some armpits. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, they'll be able to do all these things and just kind of explore. And, you know, they'll be required to hold a job. They'll be required to do chores. You know, we have animals on the property right now. I'm not sure if we're going to be taking them over when the person who we're sharing the property right now, she owns it, but she's going to kind of like rent to own to us. And like she's a rent to lease type thing. Yeah. Or other way around. Lease yeah. Rent to own. Yeah. At least own. Rent whatever to own. Whatever the fuck you guys call it. Yeah. However you say it. And so, you know, it'll be very much like in their hands with like a general outline of how to do things. And then, we're we uh we're launching an outpatient as well so outpatient services for the entire community so girls uh people of all styles of identity um if you need help we're gonna help you too and we're gonna help you through more of a smart 
recovery style, SMART, smart recovery. Don't ask me what it stands for right now because I'm having a brain fart. That's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I just passed like three tests to become smart certified. So oh, yeah. uh, the fact Congrats. that I'm having a brain fart is fun. No, that happens to me. <laughs> you dumped all the like, information. While I'm, while I'm taking the test, I'm like, ah, oh, well. <laughs> I got an A, now I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it'll be very much like, you know, that style. And look, if somebody's like, I want to pray to God and go to AA, fine, sweet. I'll drive you to church. I will not go into the church, but I'll drive you there. Yeah. I might catch on fire. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've been, I grew up in the church, man. And at 17 years old, yeah, this is going to get romantic. <laughs> Kick back. Relax. Mm. Tell us. Get naughty. Um, at 17, I used to drive around a lot by myself uh, when I was growing up. My dad gave me a lot of leeway because I, I was responsible, you know, straight A student. Car was taken care of. Shit was taken care of. They know I was a little psychopath, too, because mm. um, I started drinking at 12. Anyway, 17, I was out at this surf break in Oregon, and I was out there by myself, and it was a little eerie, but my dog was in the back of the car. My Rottweiler at the time, Marley, um, was in the back of the car overwatching me, um, and that felt good enough for me because he can save me from a shark 300 yards out, right? Mm. Um super rottweiler uh anyway and i was just like sitting there and it was just one of those like cloudy oregon coast days that just like you see in a photo and you're like drinking tea like i want to be there cozied up by a fire mm -hmm. i was out in the middle of the freezing cold ocean in a wetsuit getting jacked on some adrenaline obviously mm. and i just kind of like looked around and it was raining a little bit and like the smoke was coming out of the forest and i was just like this is probably the closest thing i can be to god great outdoors or god than or the divine creator than i ever could be in a building and nothing against people who go to church people need community mm -hmm. and so man as a human being is very naturally a social being so i again i don't shit on people who go to church so back to the kid who wants to go to church if you want to go to church i'll take you you know or um my goal is is to try and set up where we have kind of like a loan a car system they're all gonna have sobriety checks in them for i them. imagine totally. yeah. yeah they should um but you know uh if you want to like take a car and you want to do this it's a little like oh well we're not doing that or they bring their own car we just make sure that they're testing regularly as well there's going to be these opportunities to have a level of freedom but also a level of accountability and a level of responsibility for yourself i mean it's borderline like fake boot camp in a way well, I but, think that's probably necessary. Yeah. I think <laughs> yeah, structure is like very important for people. Community is very important for people. Mm. And building self-trust more than trust from others is number one. Because if yeah. you can't trust yourself, it doesn't matter if you're lying to others. But if you don't be honest with what's going on inside, you're fucked. Yeah. And so, like, you know, that's the goal is, like, bring people in and just be like, hey, man, I found it my way. Here's how I found it. Here's a journal. Here's your workbook. Um, I'm going to require at least you, s people will do anywhere from 90 to a year in a sober living. Mm -hmm. Steve-O, I just found out did two years into sober living apparently. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's a while. I learned that on the Joe Rogan podcast. I don't know who that guy is, but apparently he's popular. Apparently. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, but it was on his podcast and I, of course I was on TikTok. just like, <laughs> it's my new favorite thing. I've like made my algorithm on one of my TikTok channels, all comedy. 
Oh, that's so, the best. When yeah, it actually is like curated for what you want yeah, to. Just go through and like all my favorite comedians. And yeah. I'm like, ha, ha. Yeah. It's little um, dopamine hits right there. Yeah. <laughs> but Steve was talking about how he was there for two years. And studies have shown that like people who need more support. And there's, I would agree with this. You know, I was lucky. I got out of rehab and I got straight into a house. And I got snowed in a lot because we had the endless winter that we had. Mm -hmm. um, I had to be accountable to my outpatient, my girlfriend, my kid. I was going to the gym more. Um, I was volunteering more. All this stuff that when I got out, I was like, I'm going to make myself so freaking like dedicated to like staying proactive that I will not have this like, oh, maybe I should have a drink. And then if I did that, what I did was, speaking of rewiring, is, like, instead of that, I'd go have, like, there's this thing called Hop Tea mm -hmm. by Hop Lark. Yep. You're welcome, Hop Lark. They're, they're, they're sending us a bunch of product for the retreat, actually. And so it, like, tastes like beer. No way. But it's yeah. got caffeine. Nice. Yeah. So, okay, <laughs> see, I don't, I actually don't get that because I don't even like the taste of alcohol. So no, is that, that, but is that, like, Amateur. what it is for people who are... <laughs> <laughs> wait what did you just say amateur <laughs> <laughs> but like i feel like i don't know that like for me it's not about the taste of alcohol so is it about the taste of alcohol i guess oh for... i mean i worked in the beer world for like five years i would i did beer marketing i got yeah. paid to party for a long time oh wow it was right around when i was like oh that last company that i ordered the cocaine in the boardroom meeting at that I started to try and rethink my values as a person and where I wanted to perpetuate things. And, you know, at the end of the day, doing this whole thing, right, and to kind of walk away from the sommelier of it on accident, but, you know, doing this whole thing is, like, I've always had this innate drive to want to do better and help people. Mm. I've always been a volunteer person. I blame my mom, who Crow's Nest Ranch is a, no a nod to my mom because the ranch I lived on, she – Named it Crow's Nest Ranch. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So this is my penance to her because I never actually, out of all the people I got to say sorry to, I never got to say sorry one more time to her. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I feel like gosh. this is a good way to do it. Yeah. So that or I'm just, you know, me. Um, <laughs> but anyway, back to the small eighth of things and just like loving the taste. Like, yeah, I, I used to like sit around and talk to people about the taste and like fragrance and the... I loved it when people would talk to me about the mouthfeel of beer, and I'd just be like, <laughs> "Yeah, what is that supposed to be? Just like a punch to the face?" Not totally sure. It would just bring up a lot of dick sucking jokes. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, like I really yeah. love how it touches the back of my throat. I was just, just like uh, Frank from old school, just wants to hit your lips. <laughs> <laughs> so, sommelier, the flavor, the smell, hop tea, it gives you the flavor. Yeah. You just get that taste. But it's is just it, super caffeinated. Yeah. Is it bubbly or no? Bubbly. Yeah. Yeah. I I go through I go through soda water like a I I've had to down my soda water intake because mm -hmm. I've noticed I'm getting more dehydrated. Really? Damn. Yeah. With it, soda water. Yeah, because of all the carb carbonation in it. It'll yeah, it's not even hydrating you. So I'll just I smash like through like three cases in a couple of days. No problem. Oh, I my get, gosh. I get home, and it's like my new shower beer. <laughs> wow. And if we don't have it in the house, I may or may not have a, a minor, like... Panic attack? Panic attack. <laughs> what the fuck is it? Oh, and no. then I'm just, like, sitting in the shower secretly, like, cutting my... I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was going in the wrong place. I liked where it was going. I, I apologize for that to anybody who wants to <laughs> self-call somebody. Please. Oh, gosh. 
It's okay to joke. About <laughs> it's okay. Things. I'm sorry. That, that was fucked up. Um, that's that's what makes life fun is joking about the uncomfortable. I get dark very quickly. <laughs> have you? Is it because you feel like you've been to that really dark place, and I so I, I have a naturally dark mind. <laughs> <laughs> like I just go right to the you know like wherever the bottom of the barrel is, like dig a hole and you might find me. Have you thought about doing comedy? Ah. Uh, I have a lot. I think I'm hilarious. I feel like you could totally do it. Like, I'm just literally laughing at, like, the small shit that you say. And if you actually put thought into, like, a whole set. I've written out skates before. It's just the problem is, is there's no comedy in Truckee. And then on top of that, I've got a lot going on as it is. Yeah. So you seem pretty busy. Oh, Uh, man. (laughs) I feel like we're missing out. Maybe someday, like... I'll start a comedy club in Truckee next, and that'll be my next, like, pain. If you want to get into a comedy club, we will totally go into that with you. Yeah. Let's should. do it in Reno. Uh, that requires me driving down. I don't, you guys. We'll be here. Understand I'll say, we'll be satellite. How truly lucky I drove down the hill for you. You are. I don't, <laughs> oh, I feel, I feel I honored. Come, I, I'm. That's a fucked up way to say it. I literally <laughs> don't like, like, if I can avoid Reno, it's like, oh, I need this or that, and it's in Reno, and it's just like, well, I'm going to wait until it hurts. Yeah. Really? Okay. I understand. I, yeah, I mean, it took us a while to even move here. Yeah. Well, not just that, but, like, the amount of times that we spent in Reno, fucked up, hungover, coming back to Truckee, feeling terrible. Every time we're like, burn this place to the ground. We'd never want to be here. And then literally driving back to Truckee, it felt like I was coming back to heaven. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is my I mean, safe place. I've, I've blacked out in Truckee and woke up in hotels in Reno. You know, oh, that's like, the, that is that, that the worst. A couple months that I was really drinking, like, and then this last time I came to in a, a hospital bed in Carson City, so. Yeah. That's Damn. Rough. Yeah. That's I, rough. I'm a traveler. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> a blind traveler, no yeah. idea where you're going, just waking up in new spots. Overly zealous for what the next bar smells exactly like the last bar, you know? Maybe this one will have something different. It's like, dude, it's all the same. It smells yeah. like feet. Huh? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on alternative therapies and treatments, like Ibogaine, ayahuasca? They have guys. their place, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I, I'm going to just go ahead and say they have their place. I practice complete and total, 100% staunch dead sober sobriety mm-hmm. mm. um there might be a little bit of me like feeling like a a little better than everybody else thing there you know like mm-hmm. a little bit of pride like oh, i can do it without anything but i also did try like the psilocybin tra- I, phew, I used to take acid <laughs> <laughs> i used to take acid and party like people would be like you're just high on acid at the bar i'd be like yep yep <laughs> <laughs> I can see through you to the other person and their pupils as well. Right. Um, you know, and so, you know, I, I, I'm what you would define a junkie's junkie. You give me anything that gets me high and I am going to fucking mainline that. I'm going to crush it up in a toilet seat, snort it, and then lick the toilet bowl just to make sure I didn't miss anything. Stop. <laughs> Been there. That is... So insanity. Yeah, you you want to you want to be afraid world. of an airborne fever. I've done blow in bathrooms that would make the average person walk away from like just on smell outside of the door. Nice. How like, are ha- spotting? <laughs> like I've done blow on toilets like that before for sure. Do Do you ever like <laughs> sip- get that reference? No, I didn't. Just oh. picture shotgun blast to a toilet. Yeah, and just then like shit everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I want to picture that. And then a little bit of cocaine in there. Yeah. Just oh no, I dropped some. Yeah. But with how much you've like taken, do mm-hmm. you ever 
think about how am I alive right now? Hundred percent. Like, have there been close calls? Hundred <laughs> percent. To been both. Ho- I've been hospital. I mean, a hospital. I had a point four blood alcohol level. When Jesus. I, when they tested me when I went into the hospital. Wow. Yeah. Damn. So do they just pump you full of fluids and drain everything? Hit you with charcoal and. They. I mean, for what I remember, yeah, I was in there a long time, and then you know. Uh, I had to face the music there, and yeah. I ended up just, uh, you know, now I'm, you know, it'll be 14 months next month. I was about to ask, oh, do, you wow. keep, do you keep a timeline? Yeah, I don't really like talking about it. I'm this, I'm an overachiever, so I'm mm-hmm. like, one year's not shit, give me five and I'll talk to you. Mm. Like, like, when I hit my one year mark, which happened recently, I bought myself a new sweatshirt. Nice. Nice. There's my one year. I'm a big time hoodie fan, so I just bought myself a hoodie that I like. Ma- put a graphic on. I was like, man, this is mine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. That's your own chip. That's for yeah. you. So yeah, the, um, but anyway, back to it all. You know, there's definitely times where I mean, fuck. I remember one time I OD'd and like did some coke to then like <laughs> balance it out. Wow. Just to level out. Yeah. Get the foam out of the mouth yeah, and you're good. Do a little bump. Get my head straight. <laughs> Jeez! Oh my god! Some gangster shit. Yeah. So when I guess like if I can ask you like about addiction itself, like that mindset, what? How do you rewire your brain from that? Because I feel like it's a long hard path. Like I started at twenty eight, twenty nine, and I'm thirty three, and I've only been staunch sober because I almost lost my family for fourteen months. But I've been in and out of different practicums different attempts at um alternative medication alternative styles like you know for a while i was smoking weed like it was going out of business the problem was is i've smoked weed since i was 13 i was born in oregon out in the yeah, middle of yeah. So you know what it's gonna do it's not yeah, gonna be the, the a joint a joint a cup of coffee was normal from where like for me you know <laughs> mackenzie's falling apart yeah, yeah a little technical difficulties coming off the corner I didn't even check this before i came in here yeah. the audacity <laughs> Because, yeah, I've, I've heard really good things for certain people doing yeah. Ibogaine and things like that because it's borderline trauma trying to rewire from trauma. Yeah. I'm also not a veteran. I'm not a lot of things that people are also suffering from. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my own mental disorders and my own shit, but I would say on the spectrum of things, I'm pretty middle road compared to some of the demons some people have to deal with in their head regularly. Mm-hmm. And for that, I'm lucky. You know, um, I also have this fortune of being just fucking driven beyond all belief mm-hmm. that a lot of people just don't have. Um, so that I'm lucky to have as well. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of people who need different styles of therapy and help. And as my older brother said, he actually is a naturopathic doctor in Oregon, and he is one of a few people who's licensed to do psilocybin therapy. Mm hmm. And what he said is it's, he's like, yeah, I mean, sure, you took drugs, but you're just taking drugs to get high and not as high as you were getting. And I'm like, I mean, you're not wrong. Mm. Um, It's the intention. So Mm. if your intention is to heal, then that will be the intention. Now, me personally, I take the straight and narrow path of cold turkey sandwiches and fucking too much soda water. Yeah. Right. Uh, That's me. Uh, Crow's Nest Ranch will be not... I will not allow medication on the property, and I, I will allow people to have medica- medically-assisted therapies, but mm-hmm. they'll have to go to Tahoe Forest Health for that. Yeah. And That's how you have, shirk liability. And they have a great 
system there anyway why would i try and compete with that they're there they're local they have great psych psychologists and psychotherapists who are ready to help you with that specifically mm -hmm. i'm here because i'm essentially just your fucking glorified life coach who just wants to help you and just wants to make sure that you can be like a, like your fucking cheerleader dude but you're also not treating it like the medical model you're not treating it as a disease you're destigmatizing and you're coming from a place of understanding yeah you've been down the road yeah. And I think that's where the medical system fucks up is that it goes more towards judgment and treating it like a disease and not necessarily trying to get somebody to address the underlying issues. I don't want to badmouth anybody because yeah. I don't know what they've done because I've never had to go through it. It's just like standing on the outside of AA versus being in an AA meeting. Mm -hmm. Completely different. That, right? Yeah. It registers. So, so I can't I can't necessarily sit here and say that they do something if I don't know. Mm -hmm. If I don't I I'm what is that guy Downing Thomas in the Bible? I got to see it to believe it. Doubting Tom. I told you I fucking grew up in the church, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I got to see it to believe it. And I, I, I don't, I believe the rumor mill is just a rumor mill, right? So, uh, you know, I, again, I'm going to just kind of negate that with, I don't, I don't know if people stigmatize or not. I know there's a lot of people out there who screw people over and run a lot of fake shit, mm -hmm. for lack of a better term. That's not this. Um and of course, you know the the most guilty one says it first, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, typically, he who smelt it dealt it. Yeah. <laughs> um. But you know, the from an addiction standpoint, it's just like some people need just community, and they need people who they know they like are going through it can together. Can be around it and go through it together, right? And that's mm -hmm. what AA is, and that's what uh, you know a sober living is, and a sober living is just a higher level of community and care that some people need. Mm -hmm. A lot of people need actually. They've done plenty of studies where people who go into a sober living and continue down that path have a higher success rate of long-term sobriety than people who just leave rehab and go right back into the world. Mm -hmm. It's kind of why I was so anti-rehab for so long. I've done outpatients for many, many years since I was about 21. Mm -hmm. I've been in and out of outpatients. I mean, at 25, I got my second DUI, and I literally went vegan and sober for fucking like 30 days, 90 days, 90 days, sorry. Um, just drop a shitload of weight dropped it uh yeah i mean i was just surfing and like hanging out and doing design work for supra at the time so it's not like i was like where i'm working out all the time now i mm -hmm. didn't require a whole lot of energy so <laughs> i could eat lettuce <laughs> um but, rabbit energy yeah but you know and i just like i was like i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna like completely change and then of course my court date came up and i ended up just getting a slap on the wrist and i went right back to it eating i went out and i got like a meat lover's pizza and a bottle of whiskey <laughs> that night you it was know celebration time so there's always been this innate like understanding in my own head like maybe i am a fuck up um but i just never really had anybody else and personally i was always just kind of like a. have always been a bit of a lone solo dolo kind of guy anyway because like it's always like too much luggage is just a lot to carry, you know, mm -hmm. says the guy with the family. <laughs> um, but getting back to it, you know, it's just like, um, yeah, man, like when it comes to this stuff, people just need to know that they've got a place where they can like lean on people. And I always joke like with people, I'm like, I can't wait for like my first junkie golf mission, like mm -hmm. where kid, one kid in the group is like the golfer and the rest of us are like, they don't let people like us on the golf course, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we go, and I've just got, like, a tw pack of 12 just hyenas on a golf course. So I can't, I can't wait for that day. I just cannot wait because I'm just going to sit there and be like, put your polo back on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Start spraying them. Yeah. Um, so I have a question for you. When it comes to 
friends in active addiction. Mm -hmm. So one of my friends clearly needs help, have tried to approach the conversation a handful of ways, no success. In your opinion, what do you think is a wise way to approach a conversation like that when you're trying to come from a place of love and support, but you don't want them to kill themselves? You just need to mention, okay, so I just got tested on this, and I'm probably going to fail now um, because this is a live live communication. So smart, don't revoke my certificate, please. This is live <laughs> communication for a reason. Um, you know, I, admittedly, I'm very, I'm very green when it comes to the counseling mindset. To, so just like, again, anybody, like, don't take what I'm saying is like hard, fast rules, okay? Like, I'm not a genius here. <laughs> I'm just somebody who cares. Um you know, you have to be direct, but in a loving manner. You can't, you need to not create blame mm-hmm. in it. You need to create a, a, a an established form of communication that is very obvious. Like, look, I care, and I love you, and this is why I'm talking to you about this. And, like, you scare me. Um, or however it is that you go about it, but it has to be, like, a set level of, like, love and care and, like, show of compassion towards them and the fact that you want to see them do better rather than, any kind of like well people in my life were very much like you're just fucking up dude you're just fucking up dude Mm. you're just fucking up dude and or like you're just a crazy guy you're just that you're just this you're just that and it was a lot of like oh well then if this is what i am fuck it it was narrative for me yeah so you know going at it from like a hey man like you know or woman or whatever you know just want you to know like i see you for who you are and not who you feel like you are mm-hmm. you know mm. and a lot of people just need to know that and if people are know that somebody knows that they're there and they're cared for and they see through the shit they're always going to know that person cares like my older brother was somebody who always saw through it he also he's my brother he's gonna end up being like hey you're fucking up yeah you know but in a brotherly what, way. That's what family's for, right? Right. Um, but, you know, that, it's also a level of exhaustion to where you've watched me just run around in circles chasing my chopped off tail trying to bite it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, in that respect, you know, just approach them with love, care, kindness, compassion. Let them know that you see them for who they are and that you care, you know, and just let them know you're there. And if they ever want to talk, that they can hit you up. Mm-hmm. And that's really what a lot of people need to know is that they have – people to contact i'm working with somebody right now where he ended up slipping this last weekend and it bothered me on a level because i'm like the fuck is wrong with you but then i was just like (laughs) at the same time it's like well why didn't you call me and he's like i didn't think i could it was like 10 o'clock at night on a friday and i'm like bro you don't think i'm awake at 10 o'clock in the night have you heard my stories right yeah (laughs) have you heard what i'm tossing and turning yeah i'm up i'm watching tiktok videos of steve-o talking about friday right (laughs) I feel like people All night are afraid, long. <laughs> they're afraid to make the call. And part yeah. of that, I don't know if it's, if it's internal judgment or worried about damaging that relationship or that trust that they've built up, but that's why that trust is there in the first place. There's also a level of fear of admittance. I never, I've never, i always been very controlling, very, very controlling. Um, kind of required of me at a very young age just because of 
I had a great childhood, but we were literally like, uh, we were like, people would come to our house and say if we were ever on TV, we'd make the Osbournes look like shit. Just feral <laughs> children. Yeah, we, we were we were that way, but like, we were the tightest family. Like, we were the yeah. mafia. Like, we peed each other up, but you touch us and we'll fucking kill you. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, dude, one time, right? Here we go. <clears throat> Brother story. Yeah. <laughs> I used to work at Willamette Pass. It's a mountain right outside of Eugene in high school. Um, and I was a snowboard instructor and I got everybody in for free. Cause I was like, Hey, employee discounts, AKA everybody get in for free. And so, um, at one point I was on one chair lift, my brother was on another and he was yelling at me and I yelled at him and then he got off the chair lift and like rode right up to me, tackled me and just started just giving me the old ground and pound. And I'm like, ah, 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 like blocking it and shit, you know, just shelling up. And then, like, I finally, like, I posture a little bit to get him away from me. And then as I do that, and we're both looking at each other, some lady comes up and goes, knock it off. And I go, shut your fucking mouth, lady, or I'll pull your pass. <laughs> and I go right back to defending myself. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Oh my gosh. Let me just get a picture of your pass. Get the fuck out of yeah. here. You're off the mountain. Oh my Girl, God. take <laughs> Stay out of this. This is a real story. Confirmed by multiple people. Oh my lady, if you're hearing this, yeah. confirm. Yeah. Lady. <laughs> God, that's pretty epic. Um. <laughs> but, you know, it is it is what it is. It's family's family, right? But anyway, um, back to the being controlling, you know, it was just like <clears throat> I didn't want to admit something else could beat me. Mm. That, did not, that did not fare well for me. I've wanted everything. You know, I was a straight-A student. I was a varsity soccer player. I was great at skateboarding. I was good at everything I did, naturally good at it, gifted. The whole king caboodle, you know, it was just like something where I was just like, if I got in the zone and I focused my mind on something, I would, I would be great at it. Great at it. Right. Yeah. Do you feel like. Then I was great at addiction. Yeah. I was just about to say like. go hard in everything. Dude, I was great at addiction. (laughs) Like, cause I feel like. So great that I almost ended up in prison. Yeah. (laughs) Gosh. good. But I feel like that, like that energy, that addiction that you have if it's not put towards, I guess, something like positive, it can very easily be yeah, put into a negative space. I feel like that's with a lot of men, mm-hmm. lot, especially younger boys. Brianna's like, don't call them boys. I'm like, I'm sorry, 18 and 25 is a boy to me still. So not I fully st- formed. I still feel like a little boy. I'm 33, and I have a kid, and I pay bills in a full-blown, like, job and people call me sir and i'm confused um you know she's just like don't call them boys but you're bo- they're boys and th- you should be fucking cool with being called a boy like dude hold on to that huck finn peter pan like mm-hmm. wonder that you have your whole goddamn life just mm-hmm. don't be huck finn in the bottle you yeah know? yeah or huck finn in the drugs or, or both or you know tenfold like yeah, and so, you know, it's okay to just have a lust for life, but just, like, have a lust for life mm-hmm. in general, which if – so, like, here's something weird is, like, alcohol's root word is an originally a uh, Ara- Arabic word. A lot of our A words come from Arabic. Mm. Why? I'll, I don't know. I don't remember. I studied this in college, and that was a long time ago. Okay. <laughs> it was like That's a, interesting, it was though. like a whole other college time ago, mm-hmm. which is a long time to me. I'm still 33. Things are long to me still. Yeah. Um anyway, so it comes it's rooted from the word al ghul. Al ghul is an evil spirit that would suck the life out of you. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. Fucking hit it right on the yeah. head. And there's a reason it's called a spirit. Mhm. 
bad spirits, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, I, everybody growing up, we always heard weed's the gateway drug. I'm like, bitch, I've never smoked a joint and then been like, I really want to do some blow with like cut with some gunpowder and then go out and like rail a couple things in Molly and maybe take a Xanax and see you. Yeah, I don't think that's like see where, see the where night my goes. night takes me. Right. I find myself in front of a couch just chilling on Netflix. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I haven't smoked weed in over 14 months. Nice. Um, but I can tell you this much. When I drink alcohol, I'm like, all right, at the bottom of this beer is a bag and a night of insanity and waking up somewhere else mm. quickly. And that I, makes sense. I stole that analogy from Brandon Novak because I heard him talk about at the bottom of his wine glass was a was a a kit because he he was a, his his DOC was heroin. My DOC definitely was cocaine mm-hmm. to start for sure. I mean, I'm I might know. My nasopharynx is all fucked up. <laughs> Have you gotten your, uh, like, septum done at all? No. No? No. <laughs> Do you snore like a motherfucker? I don't know. <laughs> that's B's problem. I'll say that's for B that's to deal with. <laughs> Poor B. I don't think I do B snores. B snores. <laughs> this is on a podcast. Please. Let the world know. Brianna, you snore. Yeah. <laughs> um, How old is your son? Daughter. Or, oh, sorry. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, sorry, we named daughter. her Ozzy. We did one of those. Yeah, it's right. I like that. No, I, I like that. for No, I love it. Yeah, How old is she? She's two. She's but, two. You know, if, why Ozzy? I'm a huge Black Sabbath fan there. It's just straight yeah. up. That's what it is. It's pretty gangster. It's I love it. It's a sick name, so fuck you. No, I love it. <laughs> no, I love it. I, did. I, didn't I don't know where I got you and the gen- from. The general you. The fuck you as a punk, not yeah. you. No, I, I love that name. So have you had conversations of like how, like with I'm the... I'm going to be dead honest with my kid. You are. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be like, man, I'm going to tell you from... I mean, she's going to grow up in this. Right. It's not really something I'm not turning into my next life. Yeah. Form. You know, I've been doing marketing 13 years. I've hit a roof. I'm super comfortable where I'm at. I'll never leave the company until they look at me and say, hey, maybe you're a little busy with this. You should probably go focus on that mm-hmm. until that day comes. Mm-hmm. They have me for life. They supported me through my addiction. I called them and said I was going to come into work, and then the next day I was going into rehab, and they said, how can we help? That is and fucking When I awesome. got out, they gave me an office and a promotion. Elements Mountain Company, Truckee, California. Wow. Good on them. Wow. They That's were amazing. awesome. Like, they moved me down here. They helped me pay for the move. Everything. Wow! Yeah, like that. That's they, a they rad fucking company. take care of me. Yeah, and I'll never leave them if they don't want me to go. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is the other thing is like you know, I'm working on this other thing, and if they're like, hey, we think maybe you're trying too hard for too much, I'll say touche, and then I'll help them find whatever my replacement is. But you know, all that aside, you know, like this is my ne- probably my next iteration of my evolution in my life is becoming a counselor and working with kids and hopefully I don't know that I really have it in me yet to work with people under 18. I mm-hmm. cuss a lot. I'm open about everything from prostitutes to fucking doing blow off of places and things. Yeah, yeah. You know, call me crazy. Maybe that's not an un- under 18 kind of person yet, right? Maybe someday I will be. Um, I, I, yeah. Well, it's your journey. I think yeah. like right now the the 18 to 35 is just like the range yeah. that and it just makes sense and like yeah. you know i relate with that crowd well and you know it helps to have somebody who you can relate with too right mm-hmm. but anyway back to ozzy is like yeah i'm just gonna be straightforward with her in in rehab there was a guy there who 
I asked him because he has two daughters and he wished he had been more open with them because he's starting to see them kind of turn into alcoholics too. His mm. DSE was alcohol and he was he was back actually. He had gone 15 some odd years so- sober and then COVID hit and he just started hitting the hitting the wine bottle. Like if one of those fancy people, come on, man. <laughs> if I relapse, somebody's going to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody's like, what was that sound? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Major concern. So... But, I'm not going to relapse, but, yeah. you know, um, he said he'd wish he'd been more open with it. And, you know, learn from people who have been there. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That's what this whole thing is in the first place. And a lot of my life have been very know-it-all because I did. I'm not self-made. I don't believe in self-made. I, I think it's all bullshit. You're not self-made. First of all, who made you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You have an Earth, entire yeah. community around you. And P- you have a community and you have a support no matter what it may be. Some people are more alone than others, yeah. Um, but I, I don't know that I believe in the self-made thing. I mean, I could be proven wrong. Somebody could be like, well, you fucking don't know shit because here's my story. And I'll be like, all right, more self-made. There's, there's yeah, always totally. that one guy or yeah. girl or them. But. Yeah, but, um, you know, he – anyway, he told me – he was like, I wish I had been more straight up and honest because now I'm seeing it in them and maybe I should have told them. And I'm like, all right, well – Touche, I'm going to tell Ozzy everything and just sit her down and like, you know, hey, here's what it is, man. Yeah. I feel like that's the best method to go about it. Right. Mainly because your child, I don't know when you plan to do that, but there is a. Probably somewhere around six. Yeah. Right when they start walking around and looking at life and asking real questions. Well, she can say fuck face as a two-year-old, so I think at six she's probably going to be hitting the bar. (laughs) So. I wanted to ask this because I was she looking at like not say fuckface at two years old. I have video proof on my phone right now. I am in. We had a pig attack me. She was on my shoulders. The pig tried to attack me. I did a sprawl and smash, and I had to hold on to her. So I grabbed her arm, sprawled and smashed the pig's face into the ground. And then as he got up, I gave him a little light push kick backwards, and I was just like, "Hey, fuckface!" And she went, "Hey, fuckface!" <laughs> and then continued to say it. And so, oh, they're so as, malleable. as she says, fuck face, I'm like, oh, feed donkeys, feed donkeys, feed donkeys. <laughs> yeah, she's like, fuck face. But she says bubble water, and it sounds like bong water. And then we called the, fl- like, she got a little cavity, and so we put the smallest amount of fluoride on her, like, little cavity, and I call it formaldehyde because, again, I, right. I think I'm funny. <laughs> um, and so I'm like, Ozzy, I want you to go to school and tell your teachers that you drink all of daddy's bong water and you brush your teeth with formaldehyde. Oh my I can't wait gosh. to get that phone call someday. That's anyway, gonna be a phone you call. were saying. <laughs> um, That's terrible. But like bringing a child into this world and then eventually they turn into an adult right? and they're going to fend for themselves at some point. You want to be the best dad and you have the best mom involved, but right. you also want them to be exposed to honesty and see you not only as a parent, but as a human being that's flawed and makes mistakes. And so you're thinking six is like the time that you want to actually do that? I mean, she's going to be paying rent by three. Perfect. So, yeah, I don't know, man. You know, I think probably around like middle school, which is when I started drinking and smoking weed, is just like probably when that'll happen for her too. I mean, I know dudes that started younger than that. Mm -hmm. Because it's essentially like the talk. Yeah. Right? Like, I feel like I never got like a drug alcohol talk, but. Like, even the sex talk talk. for me was, like, very, very brief, it felt like. So do you have that in your mind, like, when you talk with B about, like, how you're going to have these conversations, like, the talk? I'm more of, like, a 
cross the bridge when we get there kind of yeah no totally um you know so i mean we'll have the talk when it comes and i'll just be like hey man you've seen what i've done in life at this point yeah do you know why dad does that let's take a drive Mm -hmm. totally i'll just take her to a dive bar that i know will make her just be and i'll look at stuff and this is now, I mean, in a while, I might just be like, no, nah, you know, I'll just tell her what's up. And if she, you know, kids are going to make mistakes. She, I can't control her. If she ends up becoming a psycho herself, I'm here. Yeah. Do, what here do you. from a long distance because I'm not going to help you. So I'm going to let your bitch ass drown in the water by yourself because that's what happened to me. Unfortunately, I was very, very like quick with it and handy with selling things that I was able to support my own addiction for some mm. you know? mm-hmm. Yeah. But. I hope she doesn't get that part in me, or in which case, ah, oh, dude, I'm screwed. <laughs> so, I mean, buckle up. Yeah. She probably will. She's like already color coordinating clothes, like this and this. I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> that's me. There's some, there's something addictive about that. So, for kids that are, you know, in middle school and high school, and like they're get, they're getting to, yeah, they're experimenting, getting exposed to all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. What's your recommendation for a parent that sees that? within their own kid i mean is there is there something that you can like do at that time yes and no Mm -hmm. there are things you you can get them in contact with people it's hard to hear from your own family especially at that age even though i'm going to give ozzy the talk and just be straightforward with where she comes from Mm-hmm. I'm also going to know other people and be like, you need to go talk to this person or I'm going to have like outlets to where she can talk to other people as well because you can't hear it from your own family either. My family tried so hard for so long and then it was just like, yeah, 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 whatever, shut up. Like every, all your problems in life come from booze. And I'm like, how does that make sense? It's literally paid my bills for like half my adult life because mm. I work for alcohol companies, right? Um, yeah. And then I dealt drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, I was just like, I don't know what you're talking about, but you know, when you're facing potential prison sentences over, you know, a scuffle, mm. it's probably time to think. It's about probably it. time to rethink yeah. life, especially after you were just in jail a year before for a DUI. You're still on probation for that DUI, but you're on unobserved probation that just so happened to become much more strict probation after you got out of that jail cell. Right. It's got um, way more intense. Yeah, you know, I've been on probation on and off since about like 18, 19 years old, and I'm 33 years old, mm. and I'm going to be on probation a little longer because of, you know, what the fuck just happened and the fact that I, like, you know, acted the way I acted, right? Mm. It's exhausting, man. Checking in with people at 33 years old, and I still got to check in with a state-mandated babysitter, mandated babysitter. <laughs> annoying is that like holding you is that in any way holding you accountable like having that it's annoying more than anything that's a big reason how i all it was it's easy to stay sober when you're facing a sentence for sure um but when i left rehab i told myself i was gonna go stone sober anyway Mm -hmm. Uh, and my counselor in rehab was like would you be going back out and using whatsoever like you talk about weed a lot and you don't downplay it and i'm like no i will never badmouth cannabis one whatsoever yeah one of those guys i call it cannabis <laughs> um, so posh yeah <clears throat> but um i was just like but i don't think that's for me because i'm 
I, I made that, I've had the realization forever. I've known intrinsically that I am probably going to have to be sober at some day in my life. Yeah. I just knew back when it was going on that I was just like, yeah, but I can get more fucked up and not think about that. Yep. Mm. Um, it's a later. I like to go fast. Later issue. Real fast. Um, but, you know, uh, in total honesty, man, it's just like, I came out and I was just like, whether or not I was on this little probationary thing for just being the idiot that I am, um, I think I'd be going stone sober anyway. And it was it was weird at first, weird more than anything, um, but it wasn't too hard. It, it became my new challenge and the new thing that I was just like, oh, new mountain, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? New mountain to climb and it and doesn't end. It's an end. endless mountain, yep. so like I can't stop. And I'm not somebody who like stops because it's like, oh, here's a good resting point. I'm like, no. Yeah. And, you know, I did, I, I spent a lot of time in meditation. I did different styles of meditation practices, a lot of different, like focusing on one thing. Um, I did, my favorite thing was doing the death meditation last May. What, what is, is that? that? So it's like a series of meditations where you kind of have to lay uh, in a meditative state and kind of accept your um, reality that you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you start at a very surface level and eventually you are imagining yourself rotting in the ground Mm. and it makes you think about the fact that this is nothing but fleeting Mm -hmm. right and it makes you understand that you know what if you know everybody's like oh getting fucked up freedom and they sell like that i'm over in the corner i'm like dude i have a lot of memories i don't have because of getting messed up in my 20s right and now i have a lot of people i got to check in with (laughs) and i've had to check in with over the time not a lot of freedom um you know, I, my one year, I would love, have loved to take my girls to Thailand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't do that yet. Not yet. But. Give it time. You know, mainly. It doesn't mean it won't happen. Right. But I just can't do it yet. Yeah. Because there's just, like, a time where I'm just not allowed to, like, travel so far. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, which is fine. You know. At, at the end of the day, I did what I did. I thought I was being responsibly drunk by parking on the side. Right. Leaving the car on because my dog was in the car, AC, but car was on i was in the driver's seat napping yep yeah but it still wasn't responsible right fortunately you know i was able to afford a good lawyer because i have a good job and i was able to get it down to where i'm just on some very strict probationary things right Mm -hmm. do you want to do that at 33 no yeah (laughs) you want to spend a year with a sentence looming over your head just constantly thinking ah shit so you know that death meditation really frees you from the idea of attachment to a lot. And that's kind of what addiction is. It's attachment to certain things. And addiction, if you're as OCD as I am, addiction is something that, like, it's a process. It's part of my process. What do you mean? Like, what do you, I can't, this is how I do things. Yeah. Right? Well, that's how you did things. You don't have to do them that way anymore. There, You can be OCD and form new habits that are still great for you, great for your process, that don't damage your body, damage your memory, damage your life, that's, damage your relationships. That's yeah. rebuilding your mind. That's rebuilding your narrative about yourself, too. Right. Yeah. And, you know, at the this is why I'm so outspoken about it is because it's who I was, not who I am, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, dude, you can call me a junkie all day long. I might even get a tattoo, motherfucker. I don't care. <laughs> right. I've got, like, three cocaine tattoos I want to get already. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, one of them's a, a nose flipping you off with a cowboy hat that says "Wanna Party." No, I like that. That's kind of fun. That's pretty. What fun. are the other two? I need to know the other two. 
<laughs> pull out some drawings real quick. <sighs> you can tell me later. <laughs> do it later. Okay. Later. I, ha- I have one sobriety tattoo. It's a it's a Pabst beer can with uh, bacon and eggs as its oh as its frame. Yeah. It says RAP Breakfast Beers, nineteen ninety to twenty twenty two. Oh, nice. It's supposed to be to twenty. 20, no, it's t- 2023 because I got it in 2023, but I didn't read the stencil before you put it on. And it You're was like, fuck, it looks good. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it looks great. You didn't spell Paps wrong. It doesn't say Pabas. Oh, you have it? Yeah. Oh. Nice. Yeah. It's on my ribs. Oh, nice. Right, right above my. So I got a white lighter tattoo that says Dead Forever in San Francisco on a bender. I blacked yeah. out in Portland and woke up in San Francisco on the tarmac. Holy oh, shit. my. Surprise. That would be a nightmare for me. I was stoked, dude. I was just like, San Francisco. <laughs> New adventure. Scheduled the flight three days later because I was like, let's go. I, I grew up going to San Francisco a lot for skateboarding too. Yeah. So like I had friends there and I went to like this seedy hotel that I knew was like still cheap down in the mission. Mm-hmm. Got, a, got a hotel there. Got a fucking blackout tattoo. The whole, the whole nine yards, right? I love that. Like, you've sent yourself on special missions just out of nowhere. <laughs> I blacked out in Los Angeles and woke up in Mexico one time. That's kind of oh sick. Gosh. My car was in the oh no, in the hotel parking lot. If that, uh, yeah, I mean, I've made terrible decisions. Like, <laughs> oh, dude. you have stories beyond stories. I feel like you could have your own podcast and just, yeah. So, <laughs> I had people ask me books, podcasts, all that stuff. And uh, honestly, I'd, I'd rather come on. Support somebody else. Mm. Get them going. Be the funny idiot that I am. <laughs> Want to be funny idiot. Yeah. Um, and comedian. I enjoy just kind of being somebody people can turn to and can co- relate to interpersonally than trying to go down this road of becoming famous. Mm. Mm. Totally. Well, you also you have an infectious personality. You inspire people around you, whether you realize it or not. At jujitsu, realize it. <laughs> uh, well, you definitely do. At jujitsu, just having little side conversations, you being so open about your story and your lifestyle and what you've been through and where you're at, that it inspires others to start getting sober curious and play around with it. And all of a sudden, you know, somebody's two months in, three months in, the time goes by. Yeah. And I mean, I support people who don't need sobriety. Not everybody needs it, right? Mm -hmm. I think it is what it is for certain people. It is what it is for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think other people can control themselves. Like I know you guys did a long stretch of sobriety and then you just went and partied your ass off in Chicago. Yeah. Sick. It was a good time. Awesome. And you're not here railing lines on the table now, which I would be doing. Yeah, see, or I, are we? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I feel after like three weeks of travel and partying, I feel like dog shit. Mm. Like my face has gotten puffy. I don't feel well. Yeah. Oh so. yeah. No, I am back on the sober curious train and I I went two months, which was the longest that I had ever done it voluntarily. Right. I think like that's the thing is like when it's a choice, it's like more empowering. Yeah. Um, but during that two months, like I felt the best that I had ever felt. Yeah. Like spiritually. It wasn't even about the physical, emotional or anything like that. It was all spiritual for me. Like I could hear myself I could feel my gut feeling like I was telling him I'm like no I know what I want to do like I feel like I can see like no I need to be productive in doing this today like I could just feel it inside of me of like what my direction was and now that we've like traveled and we're drinking it's like I just feel clouded again like I can just feel that difference Mm -hmm. 
So how do you feel like being sober for 14, right? Yeah, 14 months. 14 months. Um, I mean, I would not be handling the chaos of what's been going on with handling this retreat, handling the startup of this, handling all the paperwork, the legal paperwork, getting a 501c3 going. Yeah. It was a lot of work getting, you know, all that lined up. Becoming a 501c3 standalone happened last this last week, bitch. Congratulations. Um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. Got the official LLC for the outpatient. So now all I have to do is just finally – it says submitted online. I've said it's been submitted, but it's all been bullshit. It hasn't been submitted yet. Don't worry about airing this. <coughs> um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not a big deal, you know, but, <clears throat> you know, now we just have to submit the paperwork. And, you know um, – uh, it's just all this chaos all the time. And sometimes I feel like the cartoon character that had the fucking package blown up in his face. And I'm mm-hmm. just sitting there and just like calmly, just like, what the fuck? Whereas mm. before I would have just been like, bar. Totally. Flip this shit. Yeah. I'm done. So I, I feel, you know, talk about one of my addictions being control. I feel more in control than ever. And that's kind of something that I enjoy, even though at times I'm like, I just want to lose control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, occasionally I go cuss into a squirrel hole, as I say, in a tree somewhere. And sometimes I'm driving home from work and I'm literally windows up, Slayer blaring so nobody can hear me, screaming, fuck, what the fuck, what <laughs> yeah. the fuck, right? You know, sometimes you got to let it out. I mean, so, there's alternative ways. Yeah. So, you know... It, uh, to say that is just like, you know, I handle things quicker, easier. I'm a lot more formless and, and willing to just roll with the punches on things. Um, you know, whatever it may be, even if you vision, envision something one way and then it doesn't go that way, I would just be like, no, it's going this way or the highway. No, mm. like, eh, it doesn't need to, mm-hmm. you know, you can yeah. stand back and question it just a little bit. But, you know, that's that's one aspect of it. And you spoke more from the spiritual realm. And it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, I I check in me- and internally very quickly. Um, I can go there quickly now. Uh, I mean, I've, I've gone down this path of, like, heavy-duty meditation to where I can turn pretty much five minutes of time alone into, like, a heavy meditative state if I want to. Um, I don't always. Sometimes I'm like, all right, what's on my phone? Right. Yeah, totally. (laughs) That's another addiction right there. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, um, it does feel good. And after 14 months, it feels great. And it feels like I'm hitting my own stride. Like I I can I speak about it like it's a marathon. I I speak towards addiction like it's it's a hurt athlete. You're just training the wrong way. Mm. You know, I like that. A marathon of life is just like what you did. And so, you know, what you can do is like yeah, no, you were training the wrong way and you pulled a hamstring and now you have to rehab that hamstring and now you need to wear use a crutch and you're not going to go straight from fucking running marathons and doing it wrong to then right back to running marathons the second you get out of surgery. Right. Sorry, dude, that's not how it works. Like, you have to rehab and it's like, well, you're just using a crutch. It's like, yeah, fuck you. Of course I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the most logical metaphor I've ever yeah. heard of that. That's and brilliant. It's, and it's just like, well, yeah, of course I am. And now I'm starting to get to a point where I don't necessarily have to lean on certain things, but I still do because it's like they're fun. <laughs> yeah. Know? Like jujitsu, skateboarding. You know, when snowboarding happens again, I'm not ready for winter, but when it happens, I'll accept it because mm-hmm. I feel like we just had like Ju- July 4th was the last day of winter. Yeah. That was like, what, two days ago? Okay. I know. I'm <laughs> really upset. Well, September. Reno honestly has been so hot. Like yeah. we've been in, it feels like the 90s and yeah. it just got cold literally today. Yeah. Like I, or last night, because last night we're like, ooh, it's 
crisp out. <laughs> like yeah. we're like, what the fuck? No, it's fall. Yeah, it's, it's changing. It's a lot of fun, I think, going through meditation in general. I think that some people get a little woo-woo with it. And oh, I like yeah. getting woo-woo with it. Not too much, but yeah. I know, like Kev loves to get woo-woo with it. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, I'm transcending. It's like, bitch, shut up. You're sitting in my living room. Relax. Yeah. Well, some he might people, be transcending. Some people, <laughs> there's a lot of ways to go about it. And some people need something more to tether to. And they will find that through whatever it is they find. And that's on them. And I hate saying this, but that's their truth. <laughs> as you roll your eyes <laughs> such a stupid saying there's objective reality and that's their it. yeah you know that's their reality and that's what it is and that's fine um i'm not saying they're wrong uh it's not my style what is your style of meditation take me through it i mean it depends really there's different levels of it some days i'm very cranial and like up here some days it's just pure body and i focus on one spot right Mm -hmm. it just kind of depends on the day and what i feel like i need Mm. personally what i'm picturing is you have a shitty day it's full of stress it's full of obstacles a lot of no's Mm. like just no here no there traffic you're slowed down you're late to something traffic and trucky yeah mm-hmm. exactly rush minute i say somebody <laughs> yeah, stopped at the fucking four corners on donner pass uh, go I'm, I, I can see my house no don't have a stop sign <laughs> yeah but like when you need to cool down right you're feeling hot at that point you're a little a little aggravated uh-huh. What kind of meditation you go to? It depends on the level of aggravation. Like some nights it's like going to the gym for three hours is what I do, right? And mm-hmm. I do that three times a week. Um, I purposely physically exhaust myself every week. I only take a break on Sunday. Really? And that's... Not much yeah. of a break. That's not a whole lot of a break. But, you know, that's a, a meditative form to me. Yoga is a meditative form for me. Um, sitting in the actual legitimate lotus position, the stereotypical meditative form. Right. Sometimes I go into a sauna, I crank that bitch up, and I sit there for 30 minutes. And at minute two, when I'm like, holy God, I want to die, and I got 28 more minutes of that, that's but a level of meditation where you have to sit there, accept the suck, and get through it, right? Totally. Yeah. That's where you get to find out who you are. Right. Get real deep into that shittiness of, like, I want to die right now, yeah. but and I'm it, not going to. You know, growing up on a horse ranch, it's you get back on the horse. Growing up a skateboarder, you don't fucking quit till you land it. Martial arts, accept the suck, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't, you know, all, all these things that I've kind of, like, gotten to it's just like well of course i kept going to the back of the bottle because i failed and this time i'm gonna win right well the, the winning part was actually walking away from the goddamn bottle walking away from the drugs right mm-hmm. um but then it, you know you go into these meditative forms and you do them of different styles and so my style like in the very traditional form is very very like <clears throat> very buddhist like traditional buddhist style um anything from the breathing Focusing on one spot. My ribs really hurt. It's that spot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sending energy to this yeah. this rib <gasps> right one here. Cramp. You know, I was I was running a meditation on Tuesday at the group and like right in the middle of my back just was rocking and I was like, Well, there I go. That's what I'm focusing on. Mm. I just sat there and focused on it for thirty minutes, which is a long time. Yeah, that's a long time to meditate. You got a back pain like that. <clears throat> yeah. I mean twenty to thirty minutes usually a day and then there's like shorter ones during the day too yeah you know um but you know 
Uh, it just it depends, man. I've like learned how to like find little pockets to do it in. Mm-hmm. If I'm having a ripping day, I have an office where I can close the door, turn off the lights, sit in the corner, and just like for a couple minutes, and then kick it back on and get back to it. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, some people need a setting and a place and a thing, and I don't think that you become, you know, enlightened, uh, mindful, uh, uh, able to be formless. Uh, I keep saying this because I just read the 48 Laws of Power mm-hmm. and, and the last law, be formless. Yeah. And be like, like water, my yeah, friend. Yeah, we've all heard the Bruce Lee saying, it comes from 48 Laws of Power, weirdly enough. <clears throat> um, but, you know, and the ability to just take life as it is and, you know, roll with it, roll with the punches, take it on the chin, keep marching forward, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> and so I think it's cool people need their setting and whatnot. I just... I think it's hoaxy personally. I don't need it personally, mm-hmm. but that's me personally. I don't need a lot, you know, I'm like, you know, I need the minimum amount of stuff to get into it. And then if I get into it, maybe I'll do more. But I mean, with, out of all my obsessions, I would say meditation. I still just have awe prayer bowl. So I'm pretty proud of myself. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I just like nerd out on everything. And I'm like, I have 40 sound bowls. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just come on in. We're going to do a sound bowl bath. Right. Have you seen those? Have you been to one? No, I've seen yet. those. I, we can create one with how many sound bowls you have. I, I don't have that many. Oh. I have one. <laughs> <laughs> that was what I was getting at, though. Is like I, I like turn that in, like do that kind of stuff. Where yeah. I'm like, oh, now I'm a nerd about this. Yep. Right. You know. So that's like the thing. I'm pretty proud of is like I've been very like low, low key on that. You know, at least. But you know. Totally. My meditations there very it varies and um. Uh, my favorite form of meditation is two hours of jujitsu or two and a half, mm. completely exhausted, just got my ass handed to me, just in the lowest place. Like I want to cry in the shower type of that feel. Yeah. And then go sit in the car and crank the heat and just breathe for like yeah. five minutes. Like I can't look you in the eyes leaving jujitsu like that because I'm like, I just got beaten up by grown men for like 30 minutes straight. Yeah. I want to yeah. cry about it. Yeah. Having, having Adam... I've been purposely picking Adam as my neon belly partner at least once every time. It's <laughs> and how's that going? He just spends fucking 10 <laughs> yeah. minutes on you. Yeah. yeah. It, it sucks balls because, I mean, A, he's been wrestling and, like, grappling since 13. B, yeah. B, he's a black belt. C, he could kill he's you. He's incredible. He could kill you with his pinky. Yeah. Just as, like, his pinky would fight you. Right. <laughs> no, I know. And he, yeah. <laughs> He'd just plug it off and be like, pinky handle them. Right. Like, I'm <laughs> fucked. So for folks that <laughs> want to help and kind of progress what Crow's Nest Ranch is and kind of bring this vision truly to life, how can people get involved and what can they do? Um, come to my retreat. There's 15 spots. It's catered towards men. Um, if you're a girl, it might be kind of awkward because there's shared rooms, but it's, it's catered towards men. I didn't put men on it, even though I should have, but I'm sorry. No girls allowed. Boys, boys, uh, boys. You know, but um, do that. You can donate to us. Right now, we're still partnered with Charity Smith as their our fiscal sponsor because I haven't set up our own donation page yet because I've been juggling a couple other things. So hopefully when this does come out, I'll have done that. Hell yeah. But crowsnestranch.org. Um, On Instagram, how can they find you? Crowsnestranch, right? 
Double right? check. Double right? check. My crow's yeah, <laughs> Fucking hope so. Well, because we're crowsnestranch.org and then we're crowsnestranchtrucky at Gmail because I don't pay for G Suite because I'm a cheap ass. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's all going to the same place. Crow's Nest Ranch Trucky. Beautiful. And then, I mean, if you look up Crow's Nest Ranch, Crow's Nest Trucky, I've done a very good job at um, as a marketer of owning every single one of those words. Good job. To where if you look me up, you're going to find me. Totally. If you look up Sober Living Tahoe, I'm going to come up first. Oh, but that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, that's a great job. Yeah, so for folks who want to donate, we'll publish that link yeah. when it's ready. Definitely. And then when is the retreat? Plug the dates. Oh, yeah. Sorry. The retreat is October 25th through the 29th. A solo room is 3500 A uh, share room, all three beds in a room, all full beds, not twin beds. Uh, two are bunk, so... If you're afraid of heights, try and get there first. Right. <laughs> uh, if you're afraid of heights and you don't do that, I mean, throw the bed on the floor. I mean, it's an Airbnb, man. Like, you know, it's our oyster for the time being. Um, October 25th through the 29th. And then it's got an in-house sauna, an in-house oh. room, an in-house cold douse. Wow. It's got a second-story patio hot tub with a view. Fuck yeah. There's a pool table room. That's it's, sick. It's very much a guy's spot. I mean, it's very much. I mean, a, I'm loving yeah. everything that you're saying right, right let me now. That. It's I very mean, much like full spot. You know, it, it. My whole point was just like, what would I be attracted to? Totally. Do that. Yeah. Um, so that's what I did, and then you know, Tom DeBlas come in. He'll do. He's gonna do three days of jujitsu instruction. Um, you know, 15 slots, and there's a good chance I'm gonna open it up to a very, very small amount of people, locally to come and train. So, if you guys are interested in that, I'll let you know. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, at most there will be maybe 30 people, 35 people total on the mat, probably 34 or 36. Cause we need two, two by two <clears throat> like Noah, unless you've tried to train jujitsu by yourself. It's weird. <laughs> it doesn't go well. It's really weird. Have you seen the guy who trains with his dog on mm-hmm. Instagram? No. It's weird. <laughs> I feel like that's not safe. I, uh, it's, it's all, it, he's gentle. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, it's playful. Okay. But it, it's like. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> no offense. Insert what you, you end up seeing this for some weird reason. I apologize to you. It's just I'm weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So the retreat or just donate. Um, we're also looking for like annual donors. So if you have billions of dollars, give me one of those. Yeah. <laughs> just one. Not asking for much. One billion. One billion dollars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, that's about it. You know, follow us, hang out, DM me. Um, I'm usually pretty quick with it. I sit around and stare at a computer screen and a phone screen all day being a marketing director. So like, yeah, I'm a desk jockey, admittedly, which is probably why I have so much pent up aggression because I don't work a physical job. Totally. I'm <laughs> there with you. My head all goddamn day. Yeah. <laughs> but, um. Yeah, uh, or, you know, give us a call. We'll be open by July or August of 2024. If you know somebody who needs it, we'll work it out. Right now we're trying to build a scholarship program where it's not cheap to live in Tahoe. It's not cheap to no. build property in Tahoe. I'm uh, making my goddamn, like, goal to make this as affordable of a place as possible without breaking the bank. But, you know, right now bed cost what we're looking at is where we need to put most of our efforts for when people move in and we need to be able to get that bed cost down for people and get people in there who need it um there's a lot of like middle 
ish class people who need the help the most. Yeah. They get the most overlooked. Like wealthy people can afford super wealthy places. Poor folks have a lot of things that they get as far as like state assisted. And I'm not saying that the poor get a lot of help. Relax. I'm just saying that <laughs> I've been involved in the recovery process for a long time. And that's why I've been to so many outpatients. And now, unfortunately, I was able to get to an inpatient where my the job I had was the insurance I had because of that job was able to pay for it or else it was 35, 40 grand for that 35 days. That's right? crazy. That's not how much a bet is. And I'm, <laughs> I'm holding that hard, hard to my chest. It is affordable. It's even affordable with a job in Tahoe. But my goal is, is to make it to where it's even more affordable. And I secretly open you up a checking account or a savings account while you're living there. And I put money away that you're paying rent on. Mm -hmm. So when you get out, you have a down payment on your own apartment or something. Mm. Oh, that's so sweet. A job that I've already gotten you involved in, blah, blah, blah. And now you've you've learned the life skills. You've got positive bank account. You don't have to worry about calling getting debt anywhere getting a credit anything yeah that's incredible donate to the scholarship fund so we can help these motherfuckers like really move forward right yeah Mm -hmm. no that's awesome are you planning on partnering with businesses in Truckee? will happily nobody dude have you reached out i've reached out you have i've reached um very much so um i'm not going to point anybody out specific you all know who you are (laughs) (laughs) yeah well this would be such a cool opportunity i think for trucky local businesses to get involved too especially with how many of them are like looking to hire right i feel like help wanted is everywhere yeah no one wants to work yeah no one wants to no exactly you're gonna be required to have a job like that's part of your yeah 12 i will have 12 sober-minded humans who will be required to show up to work you know 40 hours a week work work your job they're also gonna have 20 hours a month community volunteer service. Yeah. They're also going to have to be involved in some kind of physical and or like outdoor activity. They're going to have to fucking do chores. Like this is, this is teaching you how to live sober. Yeah. Deal with the fact that life sucks and that's all there is to it. So let's make it suck less by not being hung over not being fucked up, not being groggy, not being too high to the function. You know, I've been there. I've done it. I was one time was so stoned and drunk that I couldn't change my daughter's diaper. Mm. You have no idea how low that feels. Mm. I've been to some low places in my life, but that was the lowest. You know? Yeah. So like, no, that's ho- and that's like as a, a grown man. You yeah. Know? AMF. <laughs> I know. He wants but, to be part know, of the conversation. The, the, the thing is here is like I've had people comment like, oh, it's just going to be another rehab for first of all, we're not a rehab. Post rehab. Yeah, who's saying that? Yeah, uh, jackasses, turds online who are who are turds. Yeah. Um, and the I'm just like that's you don't know like first of all if you think that I'm somebody wealthy come meet me look at the car I drive it's missing an antenna the check engine light came on today by the way so that's fun. Knocking uh, on wood for yeah. you there. Fortunately, I've I work for a company that has a fleet of mechanics so. You know, I pay for the parts and I get the labor, right? Yeah. But, you know, it's just like, I'm not rich. I live in a one-bedroom apartment with my girlfriend and child uh, Yeah. to make this happen. And, dude, like, talk about somebody who's, like, willing to sacrifice for their craft, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I used to live in my own car to make it to where I wanted to be in marketing, and now I'm set up, and I was, you know, paying an exorbitant amount of money in Truckee to be able to live there and have my own house and have my family there and not have roommates and whatnot. 
but I could still live comfortably. It wasn't great because it's so goddamn high in rent that I right. was like, well, okay, can I purchase this bicycle? Yeah. <laughs> and my five bikes out in the garage are like, what about me? You're, you're not this kind of bike. Yeah, you're not, you're not good enough. But, you know, it's like, you know, I say all that jokingly because I, I do live, like, in this realm of things, I live comfortably, right? And totally. it's not bad. She's one, two years old. Oh, that's the third time I've done it this week. She's <laughs> two years old. Uh, she climbs into bed out of her crib with us at five. It's sweet. It's cute. I don't give a shit. I used to crawl into my parents' bed at two, even though I yeah. had my own room, right? Right. But, like, you know, we're living on this property. We're renting to own because somebody was gracious enough to do that with us. Uh, uh, yeah. G is one of our oversight uh psychotherapist uh um, psychologist who will be overseeing the outpatient program too so she's also involved in that realm um you know a lot of outpatients start and they just charge money and they don't even run the thing and there's there's a lot of those in california and that's not what this is going to be like it's going to be very hands-on very much like working with people helping them out and getting them to like find getting them to turn that fucking corner totally (laughs) Just like, just turn, let's get you to turn that corner. And then once you turn that corner, I don't think you really need my help anymore. I think you just need to do you. Yeah. But it takes a long time. It takes a year, two years sometimes. I mean, they say that you don't fully recover from alcohol as a heavy alcoholic for at least 360 days. Your body doesn't fully detox for up almost six months to a year. Wow. That's nuts. Right? Yeah. I thought it was like a full 30 days. I lost my six pack at like... 31 and i didn't get it back until very recently fuck yeah and it's 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 there you know it's there <laughs> yeah <laughs> you get the right angle yeah if, yeah if i'm really stretching out it's there right if i come back down you get that baby fat but that's because yeah. i eat bread and ice cream like it's nobody's business cause right right know. yeah <laughs> <laughs> literally i gotta have something well let's uh <laughs> let's wrap this up i want to do a part two especially as we get closer yeah you down for that down dude well, thank yeah, you for coming seriously, on. Yeah, seriously, thank you for coming on and just, like, totally being yourself and, like, sharing all the magic that you're doing and trucking. I rehearsed trucking all for, like, the last three days, guys. No, you, ser- like, bullshit. seriously, I'm so excited for you, and I'm so excited for this community, so thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Mm-hmm.